fellas. Definitely appreciate y'all, you know, just giving us a little bit of insight on your businesses. You know, mm -hmm. so definitely appreciate that. You know, one thing that really stuck out to me is, you know, um, the passion that y'all have as fathers. You know, I think that's a real big thing, and it's a void that's missing in the community right now, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to throw a couple of stats out to y'all just to let y'all know that y'all impact, you know, as well as myself, just, you know, being, mm -hmm. you know, good dads is, is, is lacking, right? right? Um, so according to the Census Bureau, 17 and a half million children are living currently without a father in the home. So that's about 23.4% of, of qualified household families that's not even growing up with a dad in their family, right? Um, so, you know, let me just ask y'all, as far as in the black community, why do you think that that's like something that's, that, that rate is so high, you know, compared to back in the day? Well... I'm a 70s baby, so my pops left when I was young, right? And it was a man, my master, and my wife was talking about it the other day was back when I was growing up, you have you have people, they would have families on the east side, and they would have a whole other family on the west side, right? Mm -hmm. And nobody knew. But my pops left when I was probably last recollection I had of him was like five, right? And so I grew up without a father. So one of the things that really impacted me was I didn't want my kids to be and go through what I went through, right? right. So I was talking to my oldest son, and um, he was like, Dad, I'm smarter than you at 23. I said, you know what? You probably are, right? And I'm cool with that. I said, but you had one thing that I didn't have. And he was like, what's that? I said, a father that was in your life, you know what I mean? So I'm finding out that I was doing, I want to do a book. It's called um, Memoirs of a Black Father, Dispelling the Myth. Because I'm finding there's more good black fathers out there than what society and the media portray. Right. You know? So that's why I'm, I'm passionate about being a father. Yeah. You know, because we got a chance to break the cycle. Yeah. No. That's real. That's real. I like that, especially when you're talking about um, just even when you mentioned having a you know having a father on a different side, like you have kids on one side <laughs> right. of the town, and you know I kind of thought about um, just even from a systemic perspective, right? Think about it like how back in the day, families, black families were on Section Eight, right? Mm. And then you would have them on Section 8. And, of course, whenever they would come to check on the family itself, you had to make sure the man wasn't in the house. Right. So he had to dip. He couldn't eat. You know what I'm saying? Right. I got a woman way over town was real right. back in the day. So, and I always say the biggest issue, when we were seg when, when segregation was in, in play, it seemed like the black community was more unified, you know what I mean? And I think one of the biggest, and it may sound, it may be um, unpopular or whatever, but desegregation kind of took away from the black communities in a way of economic empowerment, you know, having our own stores, having our, you know, taking care of our own neighborhoods and things like that, right? So. When you remove the black man out of the home and because you want to be able to get social assistance, you want to be able to get Section 8, you know, 
that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the the um the feminization of the black male. You know what I mean? Trying to get rid of the black male in the household. So it's all systemic. Yeah. It's all, you know, it's a game and we gotta understand to play the game differently. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. How about you, James? What about uh what are some things that, you know, you see that um that are why that rate is really high and, you know, what are some things we can do to change it? I mean, I mean, I can't speak on everybody, but like I said, while I'm an active father in my son's life, I lost my father when I was three years old, not to no violence, but a motorcycle accident, you know what I mean? Yeah, and so I always used to grow up and idolize my friends who had their pops and certain stuff they used to do, not saying nothing, just being quiet, sitting back on the sideline like, nah, I wish I had that, you know what I mean? So when I got the opportunity to be a father, that's why I say like, I'm going to do everything I always wanted. You know what I mean? That's why I cut my schedule back from barbering, even changed my career. Like, I want to be at everything he involved in. You know what I mean? Like, it's not daddy I work. Like, he he called me his best friend. And you know what I'm saying? Like, we 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 all we together all the time. Not, not Kevin laughing because he know. You know what I mean? He come on my shows with me. If he ain't got to go to school or something, he with me. You know what I mean? That's And that's just... Something that I wish I had, so it's like I'm, I'm I'm strong on that. Nothing come before that, and that's my guy. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. You know, so like to speak on like a lot when you say like like Kevin said, I really can't speak on that. I was too young to know about when they came in and the man couldn't be there, so I really can't give you insight on that. Mm-hmm. But I just know why I'm here and why I'm an active dad. And when you hear your friends talk about certain things, bro, this, bro, that, but you look at some of your friends like, bro, you're not an active dad. Not to say nothing like that, but I mean, when I say active dad, I mean every day. Right. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about weekends or splitting this, but I'm talking about every day. You know what I mean? Like, he looking for me right now. When it's time to go, he, he I mean, he looking for me, dad. <laughs> what you mean? So it's like, it's a difference. You know what I'm saying? And so like, and that changed me a lot because people that really know me, they know me, I ain't said, but... Yeah, my son changed me a lot, bro. And it's like, I want to be a dad that's active and that's in his life. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. what's up. I know you said a couple minutes, but this right here. Nah, like, bro. Go ahead. I, it takes me back to you. Ryan knows my, my son's right. Yeah. And, um, but it takes me back to February 10th, 1999. My, my oldest son was born, right? Mm-hmm. And I held him in my arms and I cried, like... Boo-hoo crying, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, man, I get that. The ugly joint, right? <laughs> and I told him that I would never leave him, you know what I mean? And from, to me, from that day, that's when I became a man because it did. It wasn't about me no more. And initially as a father, I, I struggled because I wasn't, I was 26, I was older than most of my friends, but, and I was married, but it was like, okay, Damn, I gotta be a father, but I still want to go out and do. And that my son used to call me Coach Cowboy because his favorite thing was Woody and um, (laughs) Toy Story. And I coach football, right? So when I would come home, like Coach Cowboy, Coach Cowboy. But I missed a lot of that, right? Yeah, I was there for them, and I was, you know, I would go to their events, right? But a lot of the companionship. And building that bond, I missed out on, and that caused the strain 
when he got to his older years, because I had we had a younger son, and then the mistakes I made with my older son helped me become a better father to my younger son, right? Right. And that caused the strain. But now he's older, we able to sit, we talk about it, and we connect on a different level. So I'm always telling Danny, yo, do not miss that opportunity because at some point mm-hmm. they gonna become their own individuals, right? Right. And luckily we got a foundation where we tell our sons, you can talk to us about anything. And they took us up on it. And they mm. talked to us about anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but I'd rather them talk to us than somebody that's not gonna have that best interest. Absolutely. You know, just like a little personal um, situation about myself, I didn't really have my dad in my life consistently. And so he was in and out of the house. He was mad abusive, things like that. And it shaped me as a father to not ever make excuses for the things that I was lacking. And so I, even though I might have been physically abused and things like that, I said I would never put my hands on my kids in that particular way. Doesn't mean I'm not going to discipline you, but at the same time, I'm not going to do the same things with a malicious heart. It's always going to be with your best interest. Because even you can discipline your kids, and it still be like, listen, let me sit you down and tell you, this is this is why you don't want to do this. I'm trying to shield you from it. So while it's hurting in the short term, in the long term, I'm trying to save you and help you. Right. And and those are the reasons why I feel as though, listen, it's my duty and responsibility to be a better father than what I had, just like y'all both said. Right. Yo, and it's funny because my son's are older now, so I can talk to them on some man, on a man level, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And from a standpoint, you know, when we kids and we boys, we was going down this straight road, right? We become men, we become husbands, we become fathers. We come to this crossroads, right? right? So we can leave, and our experiences is what shape us, you know, good, bad, and different. So when we get to that crossroad, we have a chance to say, okay, this is all I know, so this is what I gotta do. Mm-hmm. Or we can say, you know what, this is all I know, but this shit wasn't right, so let me do something different, yeah. you know? So our experiences shape us. I've been in some shit, I did some shit, you know, and, but I'm able to tell my kids, look, I always tell them, you got two types of people. You got smart people and you got wise people. A smart person learns from their own mistakes. A wise person learns from somebody else's. Mm-hmm. I done did a lot of shit. You don't have to, you know? Yep. But it, I get it, sometimes as a man, you gotta do your own, gotta go through your own experiences to learn your lesson. Right. Absolutely. But if I can stop you from making one, two, three bad choices, then it was worth it. Just from me going through it and getting them stars for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's real. It's real, man. I like that. Shout out to both of y'all, man. Man, I'm trying to be like y'all when I grow up, man, for real. Yeah, like, yeah. You tell me, yeah. Gee, oh, man, man, you got your son over here yeah. saying, Dad, when you coming home? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, he done called you like three yeah, times by right like now, I'm sure, man. Yeah, yeah. He even say, he said, yo, whatever word he know, man. What you mean? <laughs> All I hear him say is, Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. In the background, you know what I mean? Hey, Dad. Hey, Dad. <laughs> that's all he know. That's all he need. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's my guy. You know, 
a lot of it is social economic too, right? Mm -hmm. And I say that from my own experience. When I grew up in Cherry Hill, mm -hmm. the two fam, the two parent household was rare, right? Yeah. At twelve, I moved out to Glenburn, and a lot of the people that um, was out there, they grew up. They knew my mom from Cherry Hill and everything. Mm -hmm. But I was the exception to the rule out there, being raised by a single mother. It was more of my friends and peers when I moved to Glen Burnie, which was probably only six miles from Cherry Hill, right? Mm -hmm. Where they was in two-parent households. I could count on my hand who was raised by a single parent, single mom. But out of Cherry Hill, it was the opposite. <clears throat> you know, so social and the economics play a lot of part in stuff, you know, because a lot of times, I get it. As a pop, I asked my father, I said, because came, he came back into my life when I was at a low point, right? And I asked him, I said, yo, why'd you leave? And he was like, I didn't know how to be a father. And I get it, I understand it, but I'm like, shit, I didn't know how to be a father either. It wasn't no goddamn handbook. Manual for this. Ain't no manual come out, right? Mm -hmm. Ain't no manual come out when after your kids come out. So, you sit and you sit, you know? It's real, it's real. Anything you want to add to that, brother? Nah, man, I hit that head on it, you know what I mean? I had one, I had head on it, Hey, it is, hey. This shit ain't on CBS, FCC, like that, right? But it's, but ain't no, it ain't no handbook, I'm just saying like you, I agree, ain't no handbook, bro, it's like, that's a part of you. I don't even see how people could have, a band a part of you like that's a helpless person who ain't asked to be here you know what I mean that's looking up to you for protection and guidance yeah. and for you to abandon that or just not care about that I don't even know how you human or what type of person you is you know what I'm saying like like seriously like yeah. <laughs> ain't even nothing to explain about like how can you do that to a helpless individual yeah. that's looking up and Looking for you to help, guidance. They want to be around you, everything, and you just not with none of that. Yeah. And then the worst kind is the ones that you see out here, though, bro. And they look like a million bucks doing the most, mm -hmm. but they don't do nothing for their kids. Yeah. 